Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to episode 122 of Courtside Indiana Podcast. I'm Jim Reamer, joined as always, maybe not as always, but joined joined as mostly by mostly. Zach Tyler. Mostly, yeah, mostly when you're not doing that <laughs> whole family, family thing. Yeah. What is that? Family stuff. I know. Spring break. Spring break. It was good. Sunshine State. Come back to crummy weather here, of course. Snow. Yeah, way to go. It was nice when you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> I meant two. the. I, it, it's been crappy since you've been back. I, I meant the weather, of course, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. We are. We stayed finals yesterday. Yep. We both sat courtside. That was good. We got a chance to see games. Was that your first time watching high school games at Bankers? Well, Gamebridge. We don't care what people call it, do we? We're. No. no one's paying us to call it correctly. Was that your first time there watching high school games, or, or no? You'd been no. there. Just, you'd been to the state finals before. Right? Yeah, yeah. Just been a number of years. Well, we talked a little bit about Nick Moore's Warsaw senior yeah, year. That's right. Was the last that was, time. So that so the 2010 was the last time you yeah. were there. Yeah. Was that 10 or 11? I think it was 10. Okay. I thought that was his senior year. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Sounds right. But, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, look, we, I don't know that the teams that won, the only real surprise of the day was, was what, Providence? Not that it was a complete surprise, but. I just the way they handled Central Noble for a majority of the game, probably, yeah. Yeah, well, let's do it. Let's do the recruiting. Then we'll come back to this. We didn't. We didn't do any recruiting updates last week, so let's let's get caught up to date on that. And you go ahead and go, and we'll talk about that. Stuff. All right. Yep. Uh, Blake Jacobs from Northridge, twenty twenty two. He's so he's a senior. Had busy D three week. Um, got a Manchester offer, a Hiram offer, and a Chatham. We decided Chatham, right? Well, that's. There's a there's an Irish pub here in in Fishers, not here in Fishers, but over in Fishers, called Chatham Tap. There's all it's also they got one by Butler, by Hinkle Fieldhouse. So, I would assume it's Chatham. Okay, there we go. So, so Chatham. Uh, let's see, Chatham. Yeah, so three D threes for Blake, um, Luke Lagrange from he's at Leo now. Got an offer from Huntington. Uh, let's see, where am I at? Reggie Bass from tech got a couple offers this week grambling offer and a stony brook offer gage sefton a 2023 from blackhawk got a huntington offer brandon trilly from monster got a bethel offer uh he's a 2023 another 2023 from cathedral we saw last night uh xavier booker got a michigan offer then we had a few commitments davis olson from north central committed to hanover 
Ashton Johnson from Fort Wayne Southside committed to St. Francis. And then Adonis House from Liberty Christian got an, or he committed to Wabash. Oh, he did that, huh? That's a crazy yeah. good it's a good pickup for them. I mean, that's I mean, they've had a great year. And I, I don't believe they won. They they got to the D three finals, right? They're semifinals. Yeah, I don't did they win it? I don't think they did. Okay. You know, it's it, they it's tough. They're playing when when all the NCAA stuff's going on and, and it's just it was I don't think they won it because I would have seen Eric Davidson celebrating and on on Twitter and understandably so. So understandably so. But uh the the, the booker offers now you've seen him live. Yeah. What would you think? Agree. I mean, what? Tell me what you think. <laughs> Long, athletic, uh, good on the glass, good at blocking shots or altering shots as well. Um, I I don't know what what more of a motor he could have if that if that's been talked about before in the past with him. Uh, keeping him engaged when he's not attacking the glass or not blocking shots. Um, I, I mean, he, he, he's long and athletic and did well. I mean, he, uh, he only took one three, maybe. Does that sound about right? It was night? late. If he did, it yeah. was late. Let's see. No, he took four threes. Oh, did he? Okay. But the one he hit was late. I mean, he he's a good shooter. We came into this game last night. You asked before the game. Where I know we're dipping into the games here, but you asked before the game, what does Chesterton have to do to beat Cathedral? And the first thing you got to figure out is their Cathedral's two best shooters are both bigs. So you're really going to spend most of your time picking a pop action and knowing that there's a lot of space and there's a lot of space in the paint. You know, when those guys, you know, for guys like Comer and, and Edwards and, and Tibbs and, and there's a there's a ton of space for those dudes to get through there with, with no bigs posting up and, and taking up, you know, taking up tra- or creating traffic. Right. So, right. I mean, he did get himself in foul trouble trying to block shots. So he sat for a little bit in the second second quarter. Yeah. But he's only a junior. Yeah, I'm still. I'm still in the unconvinced phase as to what, look, it's any, anytime you talk about level of recruitment, the, the tone of the conversation can sometimes change based on where you think their ceiling is. Right. I mean, if you were to tell me that the a Mac school or a Missouri Valley school was going all in on Booker, I would be all in on that. And it would be positively probably be a positively a glowing discussion. I still think there would be some concerns as to how he would handle ball screens in those leagues and, and, you know, how you would, you know, he would, st- he would start to get stronger, uh, but it would be, you know, he would have some physical attributes that are unique to that level. I, I'm not entirely sure his physical strengths, his physical assets are unique in the big 10 and he would be way behind the eight ball in terms of strength and then just wondering how much weight his body could put on. I mean, he's 
physically a lot like Kieran Powell, who's at Houston, who didn't play much last year. I think he's redshirting this year due to injuries. Um, you know, and I've coached kids. I've coached kids that. I mean, I coached a seven footer from Illinois who ended up at Wake Forest. And the thing on him was we didn't even talk to schools that were talking about putting 40 or 50 pounds on him because his body wasn't going to be able to handle it. We, we, we talked to schools. We talked to school and it was a unique situation in that he put all of his recruiting on me from a coaching perspective. And he actually stayed with me in the summers and just because it was easier for him to get the practice. We, we do workouts and things like that, but, but we didn't even talk to schools unless they talked about him putting on 25 to 30 pounds. Jeez. And because just the extra weight, if you think he needs 40 or 50 pounds to compete in whatever league, this is chase, not Xavier. If you think he needs that much weight, then he's, his body's not going to be able to handle it. At least not like that. You know, it's, it's going to be a slow burn for him. And Booker looks a lot like him in terms of his hips and shoulders. And, you know, and I'm not exactly a, you know, expert in the field or by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, but it's anecdotal. And you see how bigs, how a lot of bigs have struggled as they put on weight. And, you know, you see at the NBA level, you know, you see big guys are always more susceptible to ankles and knees and feet and those types of injuries. So it, it's, he, he played well last night. I, I thought he played, I thought he played some of his best basketball. Um, I think now the decision is, is, is that where, where's the ceiling from there? He was engaged yesterday. And, you know, he definitely set the tone early with a couple of blocks. Two of his four blocks were in the first two possessions. Um, he, he rebounded as well as you could, but he didn't get any offensive rebounds, which is as much of a deal as to where he is offensively. Now, that's, that's not a criticism because if you're going to play him as a pick-and-pop guy and he's not really a post, a guy that posts right. at 6'10", so that's the question: Is what what are you getting? Who you, who are you teaming him up with uh, up front? Um, you know, a Booker with the body that he's got with a Booker with a a body good enough to play in the Big Ten would look really good next to like a Trace Jackson Davis. You know, with his his range, which would probably improve as he got older. And I think that's the enticing thing: is that he does have nice touch. It's still inconsistent at this age. Um, but it's easy to see where that could be definitely a factor. And so it's recruiting, but yeah, I mean, we saw Izzo there last night. Painter was there. Notre Dame's a couple of Notre Dame guys were there. Yeah. I mean, it was well represented. Indiana was there with their assistant coach. Uh, can you coach Hunter? Uh, Butler was there with, uh, with, with coach Raglan. Um, you know, I don't, Michigan state was three deep with their coaching staff and Purdue was four deep. Purdue was all in yesterday. All in. They were all there. And they were, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm sure at that point you're still, you know, they're still evaluating kids. But uh, they, uh, they they were definitely were all all in on, at least from a standpoint. And sometimes you're just there because it's, look, it's Indiana State Finals and mm-hmm. guys want to go. And 
and you need to be seen. And it was nice. Mike Lewis was there, the new head coach at Ball State. It was good to see him again. Good to see him be in the state of Indiana. You know, a state that he obviously, wherever he has been, has tried to still keep a foothold in from an information and recruiting standpoint. I don't really think they, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I can't remember when he got there. I don't, you know, Wilkes went there from North Central, but, but I don't know that Mike was there when he, when Chris committed there. I don't, I'd have to look on that. I don't think he was, but um, anything else strike you here on some of these offers? And commitments? Uh, I, no, I missed one Jalen Bullock from Calumet committed to Anderson. Also, I missed that one. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I don't think so. The, the bass one to Stony Brook is, is a fun story, kind of. that There was a phone call once from an assistant coach at Stony Brook. This, this is a small Division I school in Long Island. And he was just doing his job. He, he was a nice guy. I can't remember the, what his name was. He's, this, has been a, this has been a while. But he was talking about their arena. <laughs> and he kept saying Stony Brook, and, which, which, is a, a feeder, which is a middle school here in Indianapolis. And anybody in Indianapolis knows that Stony Brook is a middle school and there's a lot of talent that comes out of there that goes to Warren Central. So he kept talking about their arena, their arena. And I know that it's a very small school. It's not unlike, you know, what St. Peter's is probably in terms of school size. I said, coach, how big is your arena? He goes, he goes, it's, he, he goes, it's 1500. <laughs> and I go, coach, I said, I, you know, you, and I told him, I said, man, I, I realize you're doing your job. You're, you're selling your school. It was awesome. He had a lot of energy. I said, you can't tell an Indiana kid that your arena seats 1500 when our gyms seat, <laughs> you know, seat <laughs> on the low side, 30, you know, 2,500. And he didn't know that, you know, he didn't know much about that. He was surprised. I told him how big some of the gyms were. And I said, if you tell people you're from Stony Brook and that you're arena is 1500 they're going to think you're the, the middle school at warren central and uh, see so call it whatever you want just don't call it when you talk to indiana kids just don't tell them it's an arena because they're going to ex- expect something bigger than what they play in at the high school level so so the stony brook offers just reminded me of that story but nice but, all right man anything else out of this before we move on talk about the games um i don't think so what, what was your what was our best your, your best the best game yesterday for you we're going to go through our best game best team best player deal here and keep our uh keep our weekly features good because i think it's a good way to talk about these games best game for you yesterday yeah so it depends how you look at it i guess uh what what you mean by best game best game uh, I'm, I'm gonna game say you like, game you like the most uh well the north got slaughtered yesterday so Kind of didn't like any of them the most, but <laughs> oh, that's right. South um, did the South swept. South South swept. Yep. Uh, I mean, I the game. I guess the game I liked the most was probably the two A game. The the just the way Providence came out didn't didn't back down from Central Noble at all. Punched him right in the mouth early. 25 points in the first quarter played so physical shut down central noble and their high-powered offense and got after it i mean they had they had some dudes the we talked about casey kalen 
how tough he played, mm-hmm. how good of a player he's going to be. Um, just, just they all stepped up when they needed to. They had the game or the, the lead the whole game. Um, I was gonna. There was a stat in that game I was looked at. I was gonna talk about. Um, which was which stat? I can't remember now. I was pulling them up. Okay, I was gonna ask if you found the box scores. If you look at the top, they have yeah, home stats it. and visitor stats, so you get more yep. detail on that top view. Right, right. Um, what stat was it? I don't remember now. Anyway, I, th- I that that game just just impressed me from Providence. Just because I know what Central Mobile is capable of and what they can do, um, yeah. I, oh, oh, that's where it was. The the points in the paint. Uh, Providence had twenty six points in the paint, and their biggest guy is probably what six four. Yeah, they're yeah, and their their best penetrator is Kalen. Yeah. So I mean, they were they were scoring. I mean, if you middle. believe Williams is six four, then he's their biggest. He's their right. tallest starter. And then you've got Seabold, who's also six four. Everybody else is shorter. Yep. But yeah, Kalen is their most effective player in the paint. As far as I mean, obviously they have no post up game, which you know you're not required to have by any stretch of the imagination. They they keep that floor pretty open. So, right, right. And um, with Logan Guard in there for Central Noble in the paint, I mean, you, you kind of he's six seven. You kind of expect him to get more rebounds, I guess. So. They didn't and, miss though. Yeah, that's <laughs> you got to miss shots. You got to miss shots right. before the other team gets rebounds. Right. What right. did uh, Pro- Providence did out rebound Central Mobile twenty nine to twenty three? I mean, they shot fifty two percent overall. Yep, forty two percent. So they were quick math here. Quick math. They were sixteen for twenty eight. Inside the two point, inside the three point line, so that's fifty seven percent. You know, so you you know you've got to miss shots to get rebounds, and they 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 didn't really miss a whole lot until. You know, look, this was a twenty point game, and this was a twenty point game midway through the fourth quarter. So, that. I think Central Noble went on a ten zero run at one point, after the people's subs after the subs started coming out or coming in. Okay. So this was, you know, this was not 62 to 49. This was, <laughs> this was, what was it at one point? Let's, let's find out. This was, um, oh my God, why won't that scroll? It was 25, nine after the first quarter. I remember that. Um, yeah. Why won't that scroll? The most recent plays. Oh, well, I don't know how to, I was trying to look for the play by play. Well, anyway, it was, you know, it was definitely, oh, here we go. Now I got it. All right, found it. Just look up. 57 to 36 with three minutes and 33 seconds to go. And at that point, the game was effectively over and, and, you know, they basically were able to cut it down to 13 to make it a little bit respectable, but it definitely was not, it was not not necessarily respectable. So, which that would, yeah, that was definitely, definitely um, the, the point spread was a shock for sure. So yeah, we'll get to that, I guess, in a minute. We'll touch on it now. 
I think my my favorite game was 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 probably Beach Grove, Mishawaka Marion. I mean, as sloppy as it was. Uh, I, I think we had talked about especially in the past with Beach Grove, keys for them to win. And, and I think the keys for them to win is that they need to create turnovers and extra possessions. And and they did that. You know, Mishawaka Marion had 19 turnovers. I got to believe that's unexpected. And, of course, the Beach Grove turned it over 17 times, but I'm pretty sure they're used to turning it over that much. I mean, not to maybe to that extent. I don't, And not that Coach Renfro accepts it, but they're probably used to higher turnover games than Mishawaka Marion. And, and at some point you could point to the fact that it was, you know, they have more possessions too, but the, the offensive rebounding that game for beach Grove was just impressive. And they, they out rebounded Marion on the offensive glass, 19 to 10. That's 19 extra points or that's, I'm sorry. That's 18 extra points, at least opportunities to score points. That's definitely nine extra possessions. And where was the stat you found they had points off of turnovers was pretty actually pretty low, right? Yeah, 20. They actually both had 20 points off turnovers. Where are we seeing that? There we go. Points off turnovers. But here's the thing. They don't count. So if there's a turnover and you go down, you miss the shot, and then somebody gets the offensive rebound and puts it back in, then that's not a point off turnover, at least as I understand it. That, that all of a sudden becomes just an offensive second. That becomes a second chance point. Marion or Marion had six second chance points. Um, Beach Grove had 12. So I guess maybe that's not, I don't know what they're saying. A second chance point is, I, I would say it was a little higher than that, but points off turnovers was 20. That's not bad. That's, that's an over one. Anytime you get one point per turnover, you know, you average, like if you can average one point per turnover in that regard, then that's a good average. Um, and Marion did the same, 20. So, the, you know, the offensive rebounds, it, but maybe this might be the stat that, that decides it. Of all the things that went Beach Grove's way, ultimately, they were 12 of 16 from the free throw line. Mishawak and Marion was three for three. Mishawak and Marion yeah. shot three free throws the whole game. Yep. Ball did not get any foul trouble at all. He was in foul trouble early and often against Sullivan. Uh, so that was something that was, I, I honestly, I thought he would get, I thought he would have trouble with fouls. I thought that Brooks and Cacalia would, would be a problem for him. Not necessarily individually. Brooks, Brooks uh, did not have a great game. He did not get in the paint. That's a testament to the perimeter defense of, of Beach Grove. And if, if Kakalia goes one for seven, <coughs> excuse me, if Kakalia is, you know, he didn't hit shots. Sullivan didn't connect anything outside the paint. Do you remember anything outside the paint for him? No, I'm looking right now. He's, he was over two. From he was over two from three, but I mean, overall, Other was there anything? That, yeah. I mean, there was nothing that put, pressure on beach grove you know from a you know from a just a, a shooting standpoint it's not like marion shot decently from three-point line yep i mean yep. the individual it's, it's, numbers may not look great but they shot 37 37 and a half percent from three-point line 
seems like every time they they hit a shot or went on a mini run, like Beach Grove came right back and did the same thing. The uh, Cam Cam uh, Cam Brown hits the yeah. big shot for Beach Grove. Oh yeah, and he's he was a starter last year, and I think he started early in the year as well. And you know, for him to accept that role and to continue to play well, you know, is, is a testament to him, a testament to Coach Renfro, how he he you know how he instills these guys look this obviously our team matters more than the individual stuff. And, and here we are again, here's a team with just juniors. It's a lot of juniors, man. I don't know why they won't be favored, you know, next year. You know, to come back and, and possibly repeat. Uh, they, Cause they're just, we've talked about this many times in this podcast that a lot of these really good teams have a lot of juniors. Cathedral has a lot of juniors. You know, and Chesterton may not have the big name juniors that some of these other teams do, but they've got two nice sophomores too. Right. These are not senior dominant teams. Cathedral seniors are Comer and Jackson Edwards. Everybody else, everybody else underclassmen. Uh, Central Noble is probably the one team that's mostly seniors. North Davies juniors. Um. Central Catholic, pretty much a lot of seniors, no question. But again, just just a constant theme of how deep this junior class is, regardless of what we think of the top talent or how much how wide that is. The the, the junior class is extremely deep. So, who was your best team of the day? Obvious or going to go I, off the off the board? <laughs> no, I think I think it's obvious that Cathedral was the best team. Yeah. Last night. I mean, they, they came the out with a bust on, manhandled an undefeated Chesterton team. The way they played, no one was beating them last night. Yeah. You know, and that's – and who's to know that their – I mean, their disposition came in. They came in last night. I, I'm going to sit here and tell you that that's my, my – I'm going to go ahead and say that's my best team of the night too. I mean, it was – Although, like you, we both were impressed with Providence. Uh, you know, if we want to talk about that, we can. But how good they were on both sides of the ball. But you, you could look. There's a lot of talk down here in this area about the legitimacy of Chesterton being undefeated. And you know, I got a tweet last night saying that Chesterton managed to avoid competition all year. They're a sub 500 team in the Mick. Could not win Marion County tournament game. That line I definitely don't agree with. Uh, maybe they get better with better comp. You know, and that definitely don't agree with the could not win a Marion County tournament game. That that's no, that's not true. There's there's some bad Marion County teams this year. <laughs> and Chesterton was not bad. But you look at Chesterton, they beat Homestead. And I know Homestead wasn't as untouchable as they, they were last year. Of course, last year they came in the state tournament undefeated, but they beat Homestead. And they, they by doing that, they submitted their name, so to speak, for consideration to get to state. And they, you know what? They got the state. They, they took care of business. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't lose to, to a team they shouldn't have. They didn't. They got out of their sectional. Their sectional is not easy. The DAC is a good conference. 
And if you talk about scheduling, which we talk about here a lot, right? We talk about yep, teams that yep. schedule up or schedule differently or find challenges. And you, know, you look at Carmel's schedule outside of their their conference games, how they they loaded up. Westfield improved their schedule this year. You know, I, Chesterton, they played Homestead. They played uh, in the Noblesville event. And they can't control Jalen Washington tearing his ACL. They can't control – I mean, Jalen Washington plays at Gary West. Gary West is a lot better. And we both know that they probably would have picked up a transfer or two if Jalen yeah. Washington still there. Uh, you, if you probably put a gun to my head, I probably could tell you in, 50, you know, in five minutes who a couple of those guys might have been. It's, it's not their fault Maryville has been mediocre the last two years, a conference right. team. It's not their fault that that East Chicago Central, which is not a conference team, has been mediocre. You know, but Valpo was was extremely good this year. Crown Point had a good year this year. Portage was good this year. You know, and, and it, I mean, it's not – I mean, Chesterton is a, was a, is a very good basketball team. They would not have gone undefeated if, they're, if they were down here. So Cathedral probably goes in that game thinking – and there's a little bit of that in me, too, when I think, you know, I always say welcome to the Mick or welcome to Indianapolis, blah, 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 whatever. Right, right. <clears throat> you know, and a lot of that's in football, which, you know, I don't really spend a lot of time watching high school football. But but Chesterton did their part. They got through. <laughs> you know, they got there. And, and uh, you know, that's definitely can't be taken away. So even if they had picked up a couple of losses along the way, uh, there was, um, you know, there's no question that they still, it wouldn't have impacted their path to the sec, to the state finals and it wouldn't have impacted the other results either. So Chesterton deserves what they got as far as their location and how far they went, they earned it. And Cathedral probably did go in that game though, thinking, screw you, we're from Indianapolis. We're, we're more tested than you are. And they probably went in there thinking they were going to try to bully them. And they might not have done that. It may have been a it may have been a different game if they'd have played I don't know Westfield Carmel I you know if I, who knows but the way they played yesterday nobody was beating them yesterday <laughs> no nobody was beating them because you can just kind of count on things sometimes with and it's each team is different each year is different you can sort of count on a lull from Cathedral each game. You know, and depending on how good you are, you how is the depth which you can exploit it? Westfield exploited it big time in the Hall of Fame. You know, Carmel exploited it. But they didn't have that lull this game. They played their best game of the year last night when it mattered. And, you know, it's, it's hat off to Delaney, Coach Delaney for getting them prepared. Um, and, you know, Great, great for him. So, just, you know, I agree with you. They were the best team yesterday. And it's easy to just say the, the best, you know, the 4A team that wins, it's the best team. It's not always, it's not, that's not really what this drill is. Right. But they were damn good. <laughs> they just they were really they good. Were, they were, they were impressive. Who was your best player of the day? Uh, I'll go back to your Beach Grove game. I'm going to say Anthony Ball for me, just because that was the first time I'd seen him play. 
<clears throat> super athletic, 17 points, 20 rebounds. Uh, do you have three blocks or four blocks in a number of altered shots? <laughs> Let's see. We got, st- we got stats right here. Ball <laughs> had 17 points, 20 rebounds, three blocks. Three blocks seems low. That's what I was thinking, too. That's why I was saying maybe a little more. And yeah, like, three, and it, and it, three blocks. And I added the altered altered shots also. That's not on there. So a lot of altered shots. <laughs> a lot of altered shots. A lot of altered shots. A, he, lot of, a lot of dudes going in there and just throwing stuff off, off the glass. You mean, that's one of those situations where coaching kids, like I, like I get to do in the summers, you talk about having a plan. <laughs> and there was a lot of, there was a lot of not, there was a lot of non-plans yesterday from guys driving in the paint. And there was a lot of times where ball would just make athletic play the block of, of Brooks. How many times did he get, did he get Brooks twice or just once? Um, I think just once. And that was a, that was an impressive block. And at the end when Brooks tried to dunk on him, yeah. I'm sure just out of sheer frustration. I'm pretty sure he got a piece of that one too. I don't know. That's we're maybe nitpicking stats here. They don't, they don't tend to care when you win, but yeah, it's, it's tough to simulate that in practice for sure. If you're marrying. We, yeah, we, we talk. Yeah. We talk a lot about that in different contexts, don't we? Um, <laughs> so here's the, hold on a second. All right. So here was the, here was the question last night. Oh, wait, I hold on. I'm going to get, here's my best player. My best player is Anthony ball. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> he was, a, he was a stud last night. He was engaged. He, the only thing I would question with him, there's times where he puts the ball on the floor. He has no business putting the ball on the floor. And those were all three of his turnovers were him just trying to dribble through traffic. And he's got a nice touch. I think that's a part of his game that he can develop. I think he's going to be, He's going to have the opportunity at some point to be a division one power forward. And that's, that's going to be up to him if he wants. And he'll, he'll be a guy that can, if he could be a straight line drive guy, he'll be athletic enough to play it. He'll be, you, you know, you look at the development of Jerome of uh, Jordan Geronimo at Indiana. I mean, he could kind of be like that, right? Do you, do you see that in him? Do you, have you watched enough Indiana? Uh, I've watched enough of Indiana to, to, to agree with that. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> he just was impressive last night. And, you know, and that's because last week against Sullivan, he was basically he was out of the game early and often. Mm-hmm. He had no, no shot at, at staying in that game. They went right at him and they, uh, their, their goal was to get him out of the game, and it worked. And I don't know that Marion really had that in mind. I don't know who it would have been. Would it would have been Kakalia? I'm asking. Yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> I'm not sure who they would have had that they would be able to go at him like that. Thornton plays more around the perimeter. And I mean, have we seen, have we seen ever, have we ever really seen anybody post up for them other than maybe a Brooks mismatch? Right, yeah, which happens, which happens a lot, which can happen a lot. Definitely. But Mishawak and Mary only shot three free throws, so there's, you know, Ball wasn't getting in foul trouble last night. There was no foul trouble for him. So right. So any what? So we're both surprised just with how 
extremely well Providence executed yesterday. Is that where we're, if I say what was the biggest surprise of the day, what would that have been it? That would have been it. Yeah. Just versus, I mean, I don't think any of us anticipated, you know, Cathedral doing what they did to Chesterton. That's certainly a surprise. Yeah. Talked with one of the Providence assistant coaches after their, after their win. And I did, I had not seen them defend like that. They definitely did not defend like that against Eastern Hancock. With, in terms of how, how they extended it and how much pressure they put on the ball versus how much they were way more man-oriented this weekend than ball-oriented. So there was a lot less room between them and their, the guy they were guarding. And they felt that Eastern Hancock was quicker than them. And I don't, I don't know that I fully agree with that, but, but I do know that they probably had more skilled ball handlers than what Central Noble did. And not, not to say that any of them are as skilled or as good as a, as a Siegen, but but they, you know, individually they had more skill and, and were maybe quicker with the ball than what what they felt Central Noble could be as a whole. So yeah. Yeah, that was definitely the surprise. Not much left to talk about right now, right? Nope. Um, AU season. Well, I meant just in this pod, we're talking about if we're talking about games yesterday. The one yep. thing we did talk about during the game was I think Jason Delaney may be in the record books right now. He's taken his third team to a state championship. He started with Waldron, took Tech, and now he's taking Cathedral. And that's three. And I had said Everett Case may have done it for Frankfurt. I was, he only, he only won at Frankfurt, but the guy that I said was at Washington was Marion Crawley, who then also took Lafayette Jeff. I don't think anybody else has taken three teams to the state championship, to, to a state title. You don't, and you probably don't yeah, know. Not, not, <laughs> not that I can, yeah, not that I can. I can recall that's that's a pretty impressive feat. That's yeah, that's very impressive. I'm looking back. Glenn Curtis took Lebanon and Martinsville. Took Martinsville twice. Let's check real quick on Glenn Curtis, whoever that is. <laughs> uh, there's 14 mentions of Glenn Curtis. Nope. There's just oh here's here's a list. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. Here's a whole list of coaches and what they did. Uh, let's see. James Blackman's taken two teams, Bishop Lures and Marion. Uh, Bill Harrell, no. Gene Milton, no. Yeah. Is, I mean, that's. Is, uh, who else could be on there? Is Al Rhodes on there anywhere? Well, or? who else could be on there is limited. Ernest Wagner coached the Wonder Five at Franklin. Gene Miller. These are the guys that have three wins. Gene Miller. Coached the three Washington titles under with the Zellers. Uh, Bill Harrell had three titles at Muncie Central. Chad Dunwoody has three titles at Lafayette Central Catholic. James Blackman has three titles at two schools, Fort Wayne Bishop Lures, and then one at Marion. Now you're getting into the four title coaches: Jack Kiefer, all four at LN, Glenn Curtis, one at Lebanon, three at Martinsville. Marion Crowley, one at two at Washington, two at Jet, Lafayette Jeff. Everett Case has four, all at Frankfurt. Bill Green has six 
his first one at Indianapolis, Washington with McGinnis and Downing. And then he had five at Marion, including the Purple Rain group in the mid 80s. So Delaney bumps up to the list of three and then enters his name in the record book. He's got one at Waldron, one at Tech, and one at Cathedral, and is now the only coach to win state championship with three different teams. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely and pretty we, impressive. We can also to say that is that a private school? Cathedral? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so one one of three private schools won state championships. Yep. Each game was a, a private versus a public. Providence is private? Yes. Yeah, they're parochial. Okay. Cathedral is private, not parochial. Okay, so two. Although they two, do. Two and two then. They do adhere to, obviously, Catholic, Catholic teachings. And there's some certification they have, and the only reason why that matters is because, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, like, so Providence is parochial. I don't know what their diocese they're under, but they are, they are definitely parochial. Like, for example, Ritter, Roncalli, Cecina, and Chatard are part of the Indianapolis diocese, where Garen Catholic is part of the Lafayette diocese. So they're more in with Lafayette Central Catholic in terms of their uh, school structure. Okay. <clears throat> no clue what that means. Not Catholic. I just know that from a like geographical situation that that's where that becomes. And that's the difference between private and parochial for buff and cathedral while having a religious component to their school, certainly, and religious component their education are private schools, whereas those other schools I named are all parochial. So uh, differences right. to the normal people or like to other people, normal people, differences to <laughs> guys, people like us are negligible probably. But go ahead with your question. Right. So they can recruit, so to speak. Um. Well, look, as, as the argument is a lot of times with schools like that, they, they do not have a feeder program like all these, like all these parochial schools do. Garen Catholic, for example, has Mount Carmel. They have um, the, the two Catholic schools in Fishers. They have the, is there just one Catholic school in Noblesville? I can't, I, I can't. I don't, you know, I just don't know that system very well. And, and there is another Catholic school in, at, uh, in Carmel, St. Elizabeth Seton. Mount Carmel is the big one. I don't know how far up Seton, Seton goes. But yes, they, they do not have a feeder system. Can they recruit? No, they can't. Not, not within the IHSA rules. They can have camps. They can have people. They can welcome people. They can accept interest. Are they an easy target for recruiting? Absolutely. But I got a text message yesterday regarding the Beach Grove win. It's nice when your best player transfers in. And, you know, it's okay, sweet. And I, I agree, it is nice. And it, But nobody would have <laughs> turned Anthony Ball down. Right. 
at least athletically. Uh, you know, Carmel, for example, is a closed border. Like with open enrollment, you can go anywhere according to the state. I can live in Carmel and go to where do you cut? Where do you teach again? LaVille or New, yeah. New Prairie? LaVille. <laughs> I can go to LaVille according to the state of Indiana. Right. Now, LaVille may have closed borders. Carmel has a closed campus. You have to live in Carmel to go. You have to live in district to go to Carmel. Uh, and the reason why they do that is because they don't want to wake up in August and have, you know, 300 kids there that they didn't account for. You know, they just don't want people coming and going. And some schools welcome out of district transfer, uh, out of dif- district enrollees. And the only reason why anybody cares is because in athletics, they care. Any other, if the kid wasn't an athlete, they wouldn't care. Right. I have no clue if Beach Grove, if Ball's parents moved to Beach Grove, I have no clue where they lived before when he went to Southport um, it's not his, I'm just bringing him up because he's the one he's definitely one transfer as at a public school there were some charges last night from the Chesterton crowd that you know Cathedral can recruit we can't do that blah 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 they talked about you know where some of their kids were from of course none of the schools they named were accurate close but not accurate um, Booker would have been an HSC kid not a Fisher's kid. Um, Jake Davis was a Mount Vernon kid. Tibbs is a Ben Davis kid. Those are the only guys I, the only guys I know are the ones in that junior class. Uh, I think sincere is an IPS kid. And I lump all the charter schools that, that are in, in Indy that are IPS. I, I mean, he came up, I believe he came up. I don't know where he came up from. he, he could have easily been one of the Catholic, you know, at a Catholic school too. Right. So many Catholic schools and each of those parochial schools I named, I'll have four like feeder schools in Indy. It's crazy. And Ron Colley probably does the best in terms of organizing. Um, and a lot of the organization at that level is because of football and that, and then in that case, Chatard's obviously really organized too. So. So can Cathedral recruit? No. Do they? No more, no more, no less than any school. Thoughts on that? No, I mean, that, I agree with that. I mean, anybody. Mishawaka, M- Mishawaka Marion's best player started at Penn. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of some region transfers. We, well. You know, we thought I mean, DJ Moss left Portage, went to 21st century. Obviously, Ashton Williamson left Calumet, went to 21st century. Uh, North Davies, um, Mullen came up in Lagodi School District, went to North Davies. His dad's works there. I don't know how long his dad had worked there before that. But you know, his dad, his dad's an administrator at North Davies, but he came up in the Ligoti school system. And, you know, and there's people in Southeast Indiana that, you know, bag on Providence for recruiting. And, the, and then they just, they don't know more to the point that public schools do. Public school coaches dip their toe in that water consistently, <laughs> consistently. And, 
and a lot of times there isn't anybody. None of these guys would turn turn talent away. But right, was that where you were going with that? Or yep, that was that was about did it. You, did you have? Did you have <laughs> no a, no real? Did you have anything? <laughs> anything you wanted to add? You just wanted me to ramble on about no real end game. Just kind of something that I know a lot of people talk about or say or t- whatever discuss when this kind of thing goes on at state level, the state championship wise, and you know the the odd thing is is that. I'm pretty sure Jake Davis went to Cathedral primarily because of football. And now he doesn't even play football. And Mount Vernon's really good. <laughs> <laughs> football this year. Right, right. You know, Tibbs, I don't think was ever – I think he was the like a late decision. Because this is my age group, and I talked to some of these families when they were in seventh – you know, their kids were in seventh and eighth grade, and – you know, you ask him where they're going to high school, and sometimes the answer is we don't know. You ask yeah. a Carmel kid where he's going to high school, they know. All right. They may change their mind later based on opportunity and end up at Garen or university or someplace like that. But, but yeah, you ask a lot of Marion County kids where they're going to high school, and some of them are like, yeah, we don't know. And they, they just, they're told not, it's almost like a recruitment. Uh, but, but Tibbs, I don't, I think he was, I think he was basically, he and uh, he and Miller were both Wayne Township kids, which is Ben Davis, Keon Miller, who's at Southport. We're both Wayne Township kids. I think Dantzler was AJ Dantzler at Southport was a Lawrence Township kid. If I'm not mistaken. And then he and Miller end up at Southport with Ball. And then they pit, then they get Limba. So they yeah. think, okay, we're rolling. And then of course ball transfers out and, and, and Southport was really good. Once they got healthy, they're going to be, they're going to be a team to, you know, we're going to talk about quite a bit next year. Again, juniors, <laughs> Ben Davis, all juniors. Yep. Crazy. So that may be a topic for next week or, or in our next podcast or two is our way too early rankings for next oh, year. Oh boy. Yeah, we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to get Nick on and do way too early rankings. So, oh geez. All right, anything else? I don't think so. It's a good good day yesterday. Yeah, I wish we'd. Have, I wish I'd remember this list last night when we were talking about Delaney and coaching three schools to a state championship because it was Marion Crowley was really who I was thinking of it was the guy that coached at Washington and then moved on to quote somewhere else, but I, I thought it was Everett Case. It's pretty impressive to have multiple state titles. The list gets thinner when you get to three and even thinner when you get to four. And then Bill Green sitting up there at six, looking down at everybody, <laughs> laughing, daring everybody to come chase him. I mean, that's a lot of these dudes are retired, you know, I don't think Kiefer's going to pull two more out of his hat before he retires. <laughs> if he'd have won one last year, I could see him hanging around for one more, but two more, I'm not sure. So Delaney enters the list of three, and and you know, congratulations to him. Congratulations to all the coaches. Yeah, definitely. Dalrymple, Coach Dalrymple has been at North Davies a long time. He's actually sent kids up here to play in the summer, which is nice. 
Uh, he's been he's been helpful when we've called. And congratulations, Coach Miller at Providence. And and definitely my big th- I, I I get I enjoy when like Renfro Mike I've known him since he was what a freshman in high school. Him winning at Beach Grove is where he went is outstanding. Couldn't couldn't be happier for him. Um, and then obviously we I guess we could. You know, they did a lot of that for the legacy of Matt English, who I got a chance to coach with for a couple of years at Eminence High School. And um, kind of spent a lot of time in an area when he was coaching at Seeger. Kind of spent a lot of time in, right there after he, after he left. And uh, so he was – we ended up having some common friends at different timetables. But, uh, you know, I know Beach Grove wanted to win that in part for him too, because he's the one that kind of got some of that stuff going as far as developing a, a program. And Mike uh, has been able to maintain it, obviously got him over the hump. So all right, do our reads. Yeah, let's do it. Hit it. All right. Box out sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create con- professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season, sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And with baseball and softball season going on now in high school, you can you can still use Box Out Sports for those uh, sports. Everybody, thank you for listening to Courtside Indiana podcast. Obviously, we continue to record them all throughout the year, and we will continue to do that. Obviously, Zach, appreciate your time during the season. I know that with your kid, you may not be as many AAU events this is what we're going to be at this year. There's what I'm going to be at. Of course, I'm coaching, so sometimes I don't even get a chance to go roam around as much. But everybody that listens, we appreciate it. If you listen every week, thank you, thank you. If not, you know, come on, man, hit that subscribe button. Have these uh, episodes delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. And as always, we'd appreciate a rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside. IND. That's courtside IND on Twitter and Instagram. This is normally the time we ask where you're going next week. Where are you going next week? Uh nowhere. It's gonna be a weekend <laughs> off. Soccer, soccer practices are starting outside now. So if you're we'll a uh, if you're a college coach and you listen and you're in the, in the general area, we are having a mini camp next week. Feel free to DM me for details or text me for details. That's where I'll be next week. I'll be full-blown AAU. We've already started practices. Today is practice five. Well, this Sunday will have been practice five. This probably won't be published until Monday. But Zach, appreciate it. And definitely we'll, you know, we'll definitely make sure you're we've got to figure out how we're going to get you to games this spring. Put that kid on eBay or something. Jeez, lots of soccer, lots of soccer, lots of soccer. We need to start. Can we start? Can we start like a youth soccer website? We could. That'd be a good Somewhere, idea. Somewhere, somebody is ranking youth soccer uh, players. They are. All right, man. Thanks. Yep. See you.